All right, folks, welcome to another fun-filled episode, a very loving episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers <laughs> podcast. As always, I'm Scoob Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. Uh, and this is a, this is an interesting, this is like one of, probably our first album dare. Like usually when we do these album dares, we say, hey, like this is an album I really like, this is an album I really like, you know, let's swap and see what we think. You know, they're pretty different from one another, but I think this is the first time where there's, there's some continuity between these two artists. Uh, that yeah. being Nick Cave and PJ Harvey. Um, and I, I think we're both pretty big fans, you know, myself of PJ Harbor, you have Nick Cave, and just for whatever reason, the, the two of us have not explored, you know, the respective artists' discography very much at all, so it kind of yeah. was, was a no-brainer. I think we were, we were just, we were talking about what we might do, and then just, it, it just kind of came together, and I'm looking well, forward to hearing your thoughts. Um, I had, I had actually watched, um, because I, I was on kind of a weird YouTube rabbit hole, marathon oh, binge gosh, thing I am too. um yeah i know it's, it's, it's like my everyday um <laughs> but i found myself over at uh deep cuts uh which is you know just such a great music youtube channel just great for like you know sort of reminding you of stuff that that exists almost mm-hmm. um and he does uh oliver does an entire guide to pj harvey's music up until her latest uh thing and i just found it really interesting and i so i i had uh, to bring you my love on my my to listen list and I think it just kind of yeah it just all kind of came together like that but the, that that was kind of the inception I mean I I'd wanted to try to listen to BJ Harvey for a while but I think I lis- either listened to part of Let England Shake yeah I, I think I listened to both parts like of Let England Shake and Hope Six Demolition Project and I was just not a fan of either um, it, it could have been like a timing thing. Uh, because I, I think, you know, I, I think compared to like her earlier work, it's a little more toned down in a way, like musically, anyway. Uh, in in some aspects. From, yeah, from definitely. It's. I feel like Let England Shake is is kind of the good side of an artist kind of mellowing out and, and you know, aging gracefully. And Hope Demolition Six is the flip side where she just kind of sounded like a little old, a little tired personally. <laughs> so um, yeah, not not my. I also I, I enjoy the England Shake, but I think some of her other work is a, a little bit more. I just want to get the continuity right. But one of her later albums that I don't think gets as much credit as it as it deserves is White Shock. It came out right before Let England Shake. And it's a very stripped down, like chamber pop album, and it's really, really, huh. really cool. Um, it, it's a stark, uh, stark change from her, you know, aha her. And I, I, I gotta say, after listening to this, I the idea of PJ Harvey doing a baroque pop album is intriguing to say the least. She, she's she actually is pretty. Um, like, is this desire is very electronic. Um, she's done a lot more, you know, folksy rock stuff. Obviously, plenty of. Uh, you know, alt rock, indie rock. You know, she she definitely her style runs the gamut. You know, drive yeah. and rid of me are a lot more, um, a lot more almost on like grunge spectrum, a little bit punky. Uh, I think she's generally characterized as punk blues, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, so is Nick Cave, but I mean, yeah. that, that means so little. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like I've seen that's like the one genre tag that's described to her the most, but I don't. I still don't really know what that. I don't know. Like it is. I, I mean, I I guess I could see it applied to this album <coughs> in particular. Which I mean, I, I I guess we'll get into this album. Um, yeah. So the specific one, I, I think this is pretty, pretty broadly considered her her best album, or at least it, it's very much in the running. No matter who you talk to, uh, to bring you my love. Uh, this came out after uh, the two albums I mentioned that were much more straightforward kind of just what you'd expect from uh, a 90s alt rock but with a little bit more like she just had a very commanding and she's doing you know across her album she's a very commanding vocal delivery um mm. uh, dry rid of me in particular rid of me is really cool there's some some very cool stuff on um 
Oh man, I'm trying to remember the the song, but there's one where it's like almost some chaotic classical music on the back end of "Rid of Me." It's it's a really really cool, um, you know, like like really cool start to a career. Like I feel like it it both sounded like what was going on in alt rock at the time, but just different. Like she had a very unique voice, and I think that really culminated <laughs> on "To Bring You My Love." Uh, it, it's a it's a really interesting take on a lot of styles that are happening at the time. I think it, it, it both maintains a, a steady voice, but does some interesting things along the way, and it is is very much a um, very much a record that, that took me off guard. I think I, I saw her name and just thought she sounded interesting. I think it was after letting one shake really had a, a lot of buzz. And uh, this yeah, album, that, that album has so much buzz still. Yeah, and this uh, uh, um, this was like really really cheap at Newbury. As was, I think I got a great deal of her albums very cheap very quickly. I mean, she was one of the first artists whose discography I completed just because it was so easy. Like I feel, I felt like every time I went to Newbury or Bonus, there was a new PJ Harvey album to buy, um, and I think I do own all of her. All of her stuff. Um, hey, you, you remember when CD stores used to have stuff in stock? Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> I, I think this is like the third week of bringing this up now. Well... Um, I, I'm, I'm letting that wound fester. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, before I, I run through, um, you know, some of my my highlights, what I, I really enjoy, I want to hear what, what you have to think. Or what you do think. So, what you have to say. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um so I I guess short story I am not a fan of this thing. No, that's things. Yeah. Um that being said, I I think there's there's some stuff to admire in it, but I just I yeah. Uh I I feel like I'm going to have to unpack this a little bit cuz I actually wrote down pretty extensive notes cuz I, I I listened to it once. And I, I had a good idea of like what I already thought. It was like just like one of those albums where it's just like, okay, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, then after I, I when I on my second lesson I started writing notes just to keep it all intact in a way. So I, I guess I, I separated everything into kind of pros and cons um, because I just felt like it was the most fair thing to do. Because again, I the, there are some there's some stuff that I really liked in it. Um, but it just happens to be very few and far between. Um, so I guess on pros, on the pro side, I think the performance is, is fantastic. I mean, PJ Harvey's performance is just amazing. You know, she really has just this commanding presence to her. Uh, you know, just from the first moment she starts singing on the title track, it's just like, whoa. Like you, 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 like your ears just perk up at that, mm-hmm. and you know you. I just, you know, I I felt enthralled a little bit, like just when I would hear her sing. Um, I thought the production at times was really interesting. Uh, I think the title track is probably the most obvious, mm-hmm. where you know her vocals are distorted slightly. Uh, they have like that really crunchy type of flavor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's you know there's some interesting instrumental choices throughout um, throughout the entire album. Um, Black like Long Snake Moan, um, I thought it had some really cool, you know, sort of instrumental flourishes. Um, but so like basically, my, my favorite tracks, I think, uh, Come On Billy, uh, Long Snake Moan, and Send This Love to Me were kind of my favorites. Um, that's kind of it. <laughs> Okay. Unfortunately. So I guess my 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 biggest con here and I I should preface this by saying this that saying that um PJ Harvey is much more talented than I will ever be and much more successful than I will ever be. So I think that criticism criticism of like, oh, you try to do this, you know, I, I, I understand that. I'm looking at this from my own lens and sort of from listening to music for this long and you know, um, listening to other songwriters is that I I found the songwriting here to be really lackluster, um, like just boring kind of. Like I always felt like each track had the kernel of a good idea, but like you know, let, 
like like, like a bag of popcorn the, those kernels i don't know they, they, they never they were never fully popped mm. for me uh, like i felt like she would take a good she, she would have a really good idea and then she would just beat it into the ground with repetition until it just wasn't a good idea anymore like you know case in point i think the title track i mean they, to be fair i think this is on every track basically um but you know on the title track you have like this really cool riff that's the whole fucking song <laughs> like like it, the, i guess that's part of the issue is just like there's no it feels like there's no movement uh, it just feels like it's repetition because i don't know maybe she doesn't know where else to go maybe no one else was like you know had the balls to say hey maybe like like maybe we need a different bridge here maybe we need something else anything else like it just it, it, it always feels like it never blooms to where it could be um you know they don't really feel they, they feel more static than dynamic um to me again to me like i i an example so working for the man if you notice in that track the drum beat in that does not change the entire track like it is just this same beat the entire time i gotta Which, be honest and, 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 I, I actually really like that song. it's one of my favorite i, I well, love like, I, I love the bass line on that it's just yeah like i'm not saying that like again like there are cool ideas in that it's just like i don't know like i, I you know it, it kind of this is gonna be a weird comparison but um it kind of reminds me of something like cashmere by led zeppelin or like I, i'm just like John Bonham, how do you enjoy playing this song for eight minutes? Huh. <laughs> like, I, I love the song, but when you really listen to the to the drum track, it's literally just this four-to-the-floor type of, like, you know, j- just plotting rhythm that just does not change at all. Um, you know, it's just, like, little things like this. Like, it, it, just, it just feels like there's no sense of progression in any track. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think... Long Snake Moan, like I, I felt like it was probably the most interesting song on the entire album, probably the most indicative of what this album, you know, kind of was trying to do. Um, you know, and I, I loved sort of the atmosphere of it, and I loved the like sort of I don't know if you could just sort of the reverberation of like like the drums and everything, kind of like it almost felt like she was playing like in a like a cave or something mm. like that i actually listening to it kind of reminded me of like like if there was a music video for it i feel like it would be her and the band out in the desert playing <laughs> like it, it just felt like like that type of track to me yeah um you know but it, again like these you know she verse chorus verse chorus and it just felt like there was no movement with it and you know instead of a solo you get that weird screeching sound which i actually thought was really cool um at first except that it just kept going (laughs) and it's just like like that would have been such a good solo like just to put right there just for a few bars you know or like uh the track down by the water how she like like i think i feel like it's, it's the last two minutes at least of that song has that with that like little fish big fish down by the water you know Come and it's like it's a cool line man, give me my daughter. Yeah, yeah like su- super awesome like really cool line but like it gets re- it, it's so repetitious after a while that it's just like oh this means nothing to me now like the, the, i and i hate to say this because like i i feel like that this is kind of like I don't know. It is maybe it's just me, but I think people look at PJ Harvey as a good songwriter, and I just, I just don't see it here. And this is supposed to be like her best album by by like a pretty wide margin. For a lot of people, I I just I don't get it, dude. Um, yeah, I I I, I guess can, can we clear up this negativity with with some things that you like about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I love this album. Uh, yeah, and, and I think the. Uh, I actually like it for one of the reasons you you mentioned, um, you know, the fact like I, I picture that, you know, dusty, de- de- like just kind of plodding along in the desert. It kind of gives me the same vibe as like an Earth album in a way. Like I mean, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think it's repetitious, but I like the ideas that are being repeated, uh, especially like for me, um, 
Down by the Water, like, I, I enjoy this album, but then when that track came on, I think it's, it's like, seven is towards the end. Yeah. That track came on. I just, the the bass, you know, the line, the bass line that, that runs through it, and then she kind of, like, low-key invented ASMR, um, like, with <laughs> just, like, the whispery at the end, but just that, the visual there, yeah, I... I, I really like it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I totally get where you're you're coming from because like it's really hard to it's really hard to say like this with a straight face that this isn't a very repetitious album. Like it totally is. Um, I think it just boils down to do you like the ideas that are being repeated? Um, yeah, I do. Um, but I also think I do think this is it's a little bit. A little bit more linear in a way like I feel like it, the approach you're describing isn't this doesn't necessarily show up on the albums before or after I wonder if you might like I mean I, I always hesitate when someone says it's kind of like when I said it in the, the blog group that I didn't like Beastie Boys and everyone suggested that I listen to more Beastie Boys yeah like it was kind of it was yeah. kind of funny in that way um, but well, I you, you I think you might be right because I mean when I was reading about this album, you know, like the first thing is always like, oh, it's heavily inspired by Delta Blues. And I'm like, yeah, I can hear that. And I, I, I maybe that's where that kind of that repetition comes from. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the repetition in blues is more in its form, not necessarily. Like, I feel like when it comes to the actual sonic palette that's going on in this album, it changes from song to song, you know? And I, I can't fault it at all there. I'm talking about like within on a song-by-song basis, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, which I, I, I guess you could kind of make that case for blues as as well. Um, but I, I don't know if, like, for me, like, may, maybe it's just a matter of, like, where your focus is. Because, like, when I listen to a blues album, I'm not thinking, oh, these guys are great songwriters. Because, I mean, they, they're, they're sort of taking, uh, like, kind of like a folk tradition and, mm-hmm. and really running with it. Yeah. Like, I'm more attuned to, like, the performances in it. But I feel like this album, like, kind of, maybe it's a historical thing almost, that it, it feels like it, it takes up this place of, like, you know, it, it sort of belongs in, like, a 90s alt-rock type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, like, when I think of 90s alt-rock, you know, I, it, like, especially, I mean, spoiler it for our, our next album, but, I mean, I, I think of, like, really interesting songwriting and, you know, um, you know, musicians who are really trying to kind of um, do something different, you know, because, I mean, by that time, you know, you've had hair metal just, you know, kind of, like, sugarcoat everything in a way mm-hmm. and like you know rock has been like so heavily like you know corporatized for so many years now that you have all these bands trying to do something different but in that trying to do something different you end up kind of running the risk of becoming bland mm-hmm. almost because everybody's doing something different and i don't it's just yeah I, I i guess maybe it's just kind of like the, the context of the album that kind of maybe throws me I, i'm definitely open uh but what was what's that one with her hair whipping her hair um, oh, rid of me. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, that's, I thought it was rid of me. Okay. Uh, I think you'd really like rid of me. I, I yeah, I like. I definitely want to give her another try because I, I mean, I I cannot deny just how powerful of a singer she is. I mean, it, it's just like it just felt the the, the songwriting just didn't feel there for me. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I, I think something else that um, you know another really big draw for this album is just PJ herself. Yeah, um, I just think her vocal Definitely. performance is kind of. Um, I, I think if, if her vocals weren't the way they are, I, I don't know if I would enjoy this as much as I do. Um, mm. And I, I totally understand. Uh, I totally understand the, the repetition angle you're taking here for sure. Like I, I just personally, I just really enjoy what she passed off of. Yeah, it, and I mean, I, I think. Repetition is something that I, I think, you know, we both differ in opinions on, I think, slightly. Um, and I, I think it's one of those things that I think sort of its use differs depending on the genre. Like, you know, I, you know, being repetitious makes more sense in like a house song. Um, 
you know, where, you know, it's maybe the focus is more on like the groove that's going on and sort of, you know, having like a danceable, you know, rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of need repetition for that. Whereas like, I don't know, see for songwriting, I, I just like, it, unless you're willing to be, you know, kind of like post revival swans and, and just like really grind your repetition into the dirt, you know, I, I just, it doesn't really appeal to me. Like at least like that's the thing is like swans has like a sense of progression to it. There's kind of, there feels like there's a growth going on. I mean, off the top of my head, I think of, um, uh, the track, just a little boy for Chester Burnett, mm-hmm. um, of, uh, to be kind. And like that thing starts super slow and, but it like, it, 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 it really, it's like a gross fangs over the course of it, even though it's like 15 minutes long or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're talking about swans here, you know, but we're not, I, I feel like we're talking about two very different artists. And I think, so ultimately it comes down to the fact that it's more me than it is PJ Hark. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and for sure. I, I think that, you know, to your point, um, repetition is a very, it's, it's a very tricky thing in mm. music for sure. It, it's, it's not, um, well, it's, it's a fascinating topic because I mean, like if you, I mean, music is repetition. You know, art is repetition to a certain extent. You know, we, we 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 love spontaneity, but at the same time, you know, like, I mean, if, if you want to get technical, like, you know, if we wanted nothing but spontaneity, we could just listen to white noise all day because yeah. that's as close to, like, purely random as we'll ever get. But we like hearing repetition. You know, that's just how our brains are work. So it's just really interesting to see to take that and sort of play with it and see what other people make out of it. I don't know whether other, whether this was conscious on PJ Harvey's part or not, you know, it could have just been, this was kind of the way the songs came out for, her, you know? Um, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you gave it a shot for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 again, I definitely want to listen to like rid of me. Um, maybe one of the other, uh, one sort of um, because I isn't there I'm trying to remember which one of her collaboration albums I heard it is gets a, like a little experimental um, I kind of wanted to give that a try at some point uh, I mean it, it'll probably be a while before I get there uh, mostly because I, I have just a massive to listen list but um, also I think it's just maybe I you know again comes down to me I probably need time with this um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Definitely, uh, definitely I, worth I, giving a shot. But I, I will say, I think I enjoyed my time with it more the second time than the first. But still, wasn't wasn't nearly up to the point of like Mountain Goats, where like this thing was like novel enough for me that I was like, oh my god, like okay, like this is really interesting, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but well, I think the really the good thing about PG Harvey is that she genuinely. Um, maybe I mean the deviation from album to album isn't consistently um, consistently consistent yeah like sometimes the, the, the shift is not it's not that it's not that huge a leap other times it's it's pretty significant but she definitely I mean, has I, a lot of variety yeah exactly I mean I, I you, you gotta hand it to her for just <laughs> you know you know sticking to her guns so yeah Exactly. Definitely. All right. Speaking so, speaking of sticking to your guns and speaking of guns, yeah, and hands and red right hands. Yeah, and when you murder people, you write ballads about them, which brings <laughs> us to. I uh, mean, we're not talking about that album. But I know, sure. but you know what? The the history I, history of bad segues on this podcast is well documented. Well, okay. I mean, we're, we're talking about "Let Love In" by Nick Cave, the Bad Seeds, but I will say that I I feel like for me um, personally. I mean, I, I guess we'll just get into it now. Um, I, this was the first Nick Cave album I think I listened to. I was not a fan of it the first time I listened to it. Interesting. Um, but, but what really changed my mind on it was actually listening to Murder Ballads and then going back and listening to this. Uh, and I felt like I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. And I, I can't really explain why that is. Um, <laughs> it just... Anyway, but I, so you've listened to Murder Ballads. I think we reviewed Ghosting... Um, a few years ago now. God, it's been that long. Fuck. Um, yeah. And uh, you, you, I, I think you were pretty big on both of them. 
Um, yeah. Or at least, uh, you, you, at least um, you admire them, I guess. Yeah, you got me Britta Ballads as a, like, he was either Christmas, birthday, or something other. And uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize, I think after the fact he told me this is one of the reasons you picked that album, besides the fact you liked it, is that... Um, PJ Harvey's on yeah, it. PJ Harvey's yeah, PJ Harvey's on it on a couple tracks. The one, one is uh, the, one, so, yeah, one, she, uh, Henry Lee. Sheila Henry Lee, and then the, uh, "Death Is Not the End" is is kind of yep. an ensemble with a you know a few different people. Um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of why I almost don't count it in a way. Yeah, but yeah, the, that's the funny thing about that album is that they're like, or at least about the albums that we're talking about today, these are both the albums that they came out with before the you know were romantic or like romantically involved with each other, mm-hmm. which is just really kind of fascinating because these are both arguably their best and it's just interesting like just to see i don't know i just kind of find that fascinating i guess yeah Um, and uh i i feel like i felt like i listened to this before like i didn't think I, i didn't think i had but then as i was listening to it it felt I didn't know if I, I may have heard some of these songs in other contexts or whatever, but um, this was this was awesome. I I was. It's it's probably my favorite Nick Cave album, honestly. I mean, I mean, I, I that, that's not really a unpopular opinion, but yeah, and I, I honestly I can't say that I expected to dislike it at all. You know, I, I what I've heard of Nick Cave, I've enjoyed, and I, I do you love that, me. Yeah, <laughs> I figure I figure what I would hear here would you know be no um, you know exception, but yeah, I mean I, I thought this was excellent, uh, and this is the vibe I got, and I don't mean this negatively, so please don't get, let's let's go for upset, it. But like, it kind of felt like someone like Bruce Springsteen channeling uh, kind of like the goth goth rock era of Swans. Um, I can kind of see that, and, and not that, not that you know. Obviously, there's no song that sounds like "Born to Run" on this album. But, yeah, but, but like, <clears throat> I, no, nobody's baby now. Kind, kind of has that like twang to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what I really admired about this album and Nick Cave's delivery, and the reason that Springsteen came to mind is he felt like kind of a. It was like very, very personable. Like he was, he was singing to you, and he was kind of telling. Um, you know, spinning tales that were very, uh, you know, very intimate details. And yeah, just kind of I, I, I think unlike Springsteen, though, <laughs> Nick Caves are mostly about murder. Yeah, so certainly things. from a subject so. matter perspective, a little bit of difference there. But yeah. like the underlying music, you know, he was kind of, he was channeling some pretty dark themes and some pretty creative genre, you know, experimentation. You know, there, there's a little bit of post-punk here. There's almost some... You know, some, some country, obviously some goth rock. There's a very eclectic blend of styles. And actually, what, you know, besides that comparison coming to mind, one of my biggest takeaways is the whole genre of gothic country. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, I, I was really big into King Dude, and I guess maybe you could even say Woven Hand. I mean, sometimes when you listen to artists or albums you didn't know influenced a movement, and then you do, you're like, wow, that makes. You know, that makes so much more sense. Like, back when I was writing about King Dude, I wish I could have just said, yeah, he was trying to sound like Nick Cave. Because that's See, just... I, I guess maybe I've just never really listened to a ton of goth country before, but I, I, I guess trying to fit a genre tag onto this album, and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds in particular, just as a whole, is... is I've always found it to be a difficult task. Um, And it's... I, it, but... I think it's more because, like, you feel like there's something that fits out there. Unlike, I think th- there are some albums out there that, that, like, purposely just don't fit it no matter what you do. Whereas, like, this feels like something, but I've just never been able to put my, my, my finger quite on it. And maybe Goth Country is it. I've just, like, I've always seen it as, like, kind of like a bizarre alt-rock album. And, and but, but even describing it like that, I think, is a little bland. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely more going on than just goth country. It's just that there, there's some pretty clear elements of that going on with this album that I just it made so much more so much more sense hearing, or or, or just I, I would be shocked if they weren't pulling influence from this album, like if the couple of artists I mentioned. But I mean, on, on the other side, you know, to your point, there's a lot of really interesting variety here. I mean, like, like you mentioned, nobody's baby now is basically just like a like almost a 
almost like a country ballad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, but, ballad. but then you have like jangling Jack, you know. And honestly, like Lover Man kind of gave yeah. me like trip hop vibes in a way, just like the like I see that. like yeah. it, it. It reminded me of uh, I don't remember the guy's names from Massive Attack, but like the, uh, yeah, uh, 3D. Yeah, and, like um, one of the one of the vocalists, whichever one I'm, I'm picturing, it just the way that he delivered it, just. How much longer is just, the devil knocking outside uh, your door? In the yeah. spirit, in the spirit of weird uh, juxtapositions, uh, Jangling Jack almost, almost sounded like Captain Beefheart fronting like the Clash, in, in like a weird yeah. way. It's just, but that's kind of what was so great. You have, you have a song like Thirsty Dog, which is almost. What's it like a rockabilly vibe? Like it's really it's just like a fun. <laughs> that song makes me laugh. So well, it just I don't know if you've noticed that that he purposely switches the lyrics in it. That, that he's, he's he's very he's very thirsty at the sorry dog. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't notice yeah. that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, uh, I I just find that like just really funny. Um, you know, like things like that. And, and, but I mean, I think we're kind of skirting around the big track here, you know, Red Right Hand. Uh, which is just like I mean I think part of the reason it's so popular is is because of the show Peaky Blinders. Oh, uh, I was gonna say like yeah. I felt like, I haven't seen that show, but I've watched the trailer a few times. I was like, I, I yeah. know I know this song, and I don't know take why. Take a little walk to the edge of town, go across the tracks. <laughs> yeah. God, I love I fucking love Red Right Hand. Yeah. I also <laughs> I, I also yeah. really. I think one of my favorite songs was "Lay Me Low," just because it felt so. That's funny. It felt so. I, I like those two tracks. So "Ain't Gonna Rain Anymore" and "Lay Me Low" are like, I I like those tracks too, but it definitely feels like it's kind of like the lowest the album gets, almost. If that makes any sense, um, try to put it in other words. You know, it, like it, they almost feel like the weakest songs. On, on the album, for me anyway. I mean, to me, it felt very uh, funereal, and I also really like. I just I, I pictured a bunch of guys after they just buried their friend, you know, after the funeral at the pub, just singing that song, you know, with a pint. Like I just a lot of songs on here just gave me like he's it's very transportative, transportive. Yeah, you know, oh, like, definitely. It just I really appreciate. Um, how like just musically and even just like the the sound bites, even if you don't dive into the lyrics, um, I I really like how this album made me feel. Like it was it was an interesting amalgamation yeah. of sounds delivered in a very unique I'm, way. I totally get that. I I really like I I love like sort of like the whole aesthetic of this album is just amazing. Uh, there there are some some lyrical moments that I really like here though. I mean it's. I think last time we did a lyrics episode, I brought up Nick Cave, but I don't think I brought up anything from this album. I think I used Papa Won't Leave You, Henry, from Henry's Dream. Um, but, I mean, there are, like, uh, Do You Love Me? There are just some great lines. I mean, I, I have this one up. It's, um, what is it? Um, I'm down to the grounds, the very dregs. Here she comes blocking the sun, blood running down the inside of her legs. Like, I just, like, every time I hear that, I'm just like, oof. Man, I like just like like just I love that line. Yeah, and like, or you know, just I found her on a night of fire and noise. I'm just like fuck yes, like just you know, and that's just like all over this fucking album. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the uh, the other obvious one is is just Red Red Hand because there are just some great you know um, lines on that. You know, just go across the tracks where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom as it shifts and cracks. You know, yeah. Yeah, he is just one. I, I think he is one of music's just like greatest lyricists, like undoubtedly. Um, <laughs> I mean, but but I, I will say that you know I, I I definitely found like for some reason ain't gonna rain anymore. Lay me low. I think kind of low points, but I think maybe it's just because. Um, I mean, see, I can't really explain why. I, I think maybe it's just like by that time I've like. I, I sometimes I'll look at like a track sequence as like a plot diagram almost. And so like Ain't Gonna Rain Anymore, Lay Me Low are kind of like falling action in a way. Where like Do You Love Me Part Two is kind of, you know, kind of the denouement in mm -hmm. a way. 
Um, so like, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I don't like falling action a ton. <laughs> so, uh, but, but I can't really go in and say, oh yeah, I like, I just like this part about the tracks because I, I think that they're, they're good tracks. I just, I don't, it just never, I don't know. I mean, this thing, I, this is, this is one of my favorite albums ever. So I, I, you know, my, my own criticisms of it aren't like, you know, that, you know, deep or hard hitting, I guess, or I, I, I don't hold it against the album as much almost. Mm-hmm. I don't do, do you have any criticisms, criticisms here? Or... Not, not really, honestly. I, I mean, I certainly there are tracks I like more than others, but I, I don't just, well, okay, just, so, just, just well, like if I were to listen back, what, what was, what was your least favorite track? Just out of curiosity. I honestly, I would, I would have to look at the, mm-hmm. I have to look at the track list because like I, I, I only say that like if I listen through, I could make a hierarchy. It's not like there were no songs that I prefer more than others, but mm-hmm. I think that was striking to me. Is I, um, I guess do you love me part two? Like it was, a, it was a night. I'm, I'm generally not a huge fan of reprises. It just mm-hmm. uh, for for some reason it doesn't. I think it's because. It's taken me a while to come around on musicals in general, and like that, that, that's something that always bothered me about musicals. It's like, man, we already fucking heard this, and they they sing every goddamn five seconds. You know, I've come around a little bit, so I think if I had to pick a least favorite, it was probably that. But I also I really like "Do You Love Me," so hearing it again wasn't a bad thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, like, it, this was it was it was perfectly paced as well, yeah. which is nice. Like you know, it, it's a. I'm kind of surprised to see looking at it now. It's it's you know just under fifty minutes because it felt it, it didn't it, feel too long at all. I mean the perfect it number feels of, it feels shorter than it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and honestly, um, I guess maybe ain't gonna rain anymore just because it's the only one I didn't jot down notes for. Maybe that one just you know as I was working that one didn't push me enough to write down some thoughts. But mm. yeah, I, I really there's no songs I I, I disliked. I was. Uh, I did feel like I, I heard this before for whatever, but like I don't remember listening to it. Uh, maybe it's just because, um, like you said, we're, uh, Red Right Hands and um, the Lover Man was especially. I think I mean that's probably my favorite song. I just really love the how yeah. much longer just is so and how it just kind of explodes. Yeah, right, you know, just, in the chorus. Exactly, yeah. it's just it's a really really. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the variety on here, like I totally get what you're saying about, you know, let me low. Uh, I think maybe that's a slight weakness is just that it kind of is a, you know, the slow, somewhat anticlimactic finale. And then you have a reprise to close out the album. But again, I, I like all the See, music I, contained there. So I, I always, I always consider the reprise to be the finale. Yeah. That's I, what I, I guess like, like the first, the, like lay me low is the last like a hundred percent original song and then you have yeah. like a see i don't know i just said like I, I i kind of look at it like um uh like shine on you crazy diamond that like i don't necessarily think oh yeah like this is like you know it, like i i don't i think we wish you were here was was the track right before that if i remember right or have a cigar it's either of those two um but I don't consider that like oh yeah the, the, that's the last original work, mm-hmm. you know. I I just I'm just like oh good it's shining on you crazy diamond part three and four, you know. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Uh, but I mean I, I I'm I'm just one person. <laughs> um, yeah no I that's the thing I I really enjoy this album cover. I I, I found the, the album cover is a little weird. Honestly, all of his. I think if there's one thing like I like murder ballads, it's a cool. It's kind of like yeah. fucked up Thomas Kincaid in a way. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, but the rest of the yeah, the rest of them are a little. Um, they they can be a little janky, especially if you ever looked at at his early album covers because they're a lot of fun to look at. Uh, from her to eternity is is in particular pretty interesting because it's just like a young Nick Cave just like staring out of frame. Uh, but like he's just so young <laughs> in it. Uh, but like, yeah, they, well, I think this one is just like, I. It looks like he has a mullet. <laughs> so, 
It's interesting, yeah. That, that, that's like a fun subplot of. Uh, it's it's kind of like I mean going back to PJ Harvey when you look at some of her old album covers you're like wow that was a while ago like it, it dates when you see them on the cover you're like holy shit they do not look like that now like you well, kinda... I, I mean Nick, Nick Cave definitely has um he has a more pronounced uh, forehead we'll, we'll we'll just say nowadays I I think it suits him very well um you know but <laughs> in any case um. Yeah, I don't really have a ton more to add. I I just think this is such a great album. It really makes me want to, you know, take out some of my other uh, Nick Cave albums. Like I haven't listened to Henry's Dream in I don't know, it feels like years now. Uh, even though I know I know that's not true, but there's some there's some really great Nick Cave albums out there that you know aside from this that I think are worth checking out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I said, I I still don't think this is the one to start with. I think I still think Murder Ballads is the one to start with strangely enough even though it has like you know a 15 minute song about a killing spree on it uh which i mean if we can go on this tangent very quickly I- i'm actually kind of obsessed with that song with uh o'malley's bar mm. um like <laughs> this is the weirdest thing but i've had many occasions where i've been playing stardew valley which is like you know very nice hearted you know warm friendly fuzzy feeling inside farm simulator game and i'm listening to fucking o'malley's bar (laughs) during this like on repeat sometimes and like i i know almost every lyric of that song right now like i i just i i can't explain like it's just nikkei's performance in that is just insane um and there's just so many little intricacies that go with it yeah it's just guy like i we i I could genuinely do an episode where we just broke down o'malley's bar (laughs) like yeah i i I need to take uh my copy of murder ballads out of uh the shelf i want to listen to it yeah oh yeah it's uh, yeah murder ballads is really good like you know and i i feel like it's a good i i just i think maybe it just works as a primer in a way you know because i i feel like there are like, like i think maybe what kind of turned me off the first time I let, let uh, listened to Let Love In was the um, beginning. So like the whole like the Do You Love Me chorus. I think I, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of plain in a way. Like it didn't. It was just Do You Love Me, you know. In <laughs> uh, the and but but then it immediately segues to Nobody's Baby now. And I I don't think I was really too big on like kind of like that that country kind of flavor you know at that time so i was just like what the fuck mm-hmm. and it, it, it if i had simply just waited until lover man showed up and jangling jack showed up i'd be like oh no never mind this is <laughs> this is great uh that being said i love nobody's baby now like nowadays so yeah <laughs> but no, like i don't know what we're gonna say yeah I, I i like that song and i like how i mean it applies for the whole album but just listening to even just like the first three tracks, or I guess up and up until um, Red Red Hand, uh, Red Right Hand. I'm yeah, so, I'm so bad with track names. Um, but listening to like the sequence of those songs, you're just like, wow, there's just we're not going to have back to back. Like you know, sometimes when an album's uh, pretty diverse, eclectic, like there's a couple mm-hmm. songs in a row where you're like, oh, okay, well, like these are kind of fitting the same vein. But I feel like pretty much throughout this entire album, I was like, this is different. Like this is yeah, but like nothing feels out of place though. Yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing. That's what was so cool is like this feels like a totally different take on the same like blueprint. It's like this the same same kind of foundation, but it's going in a pretty pretty unique way. So yeah, yeah. I and I mean I I don't think we've talked about it, but I mean the title track or I don't know if it's technically the title track, but I I let love in. I I really like that song as well. Um, I love the riff to that. It's like one of my favorite Nick Cave like riffs honestly um yeah i i just I, I have a lot of memories with this thing because i got into nick cave when uh when i was starting grad school uh and that like i remember i can just remember listening to this thing while i was walking to class and just like like just adoring it uh you know and i think i think by the time i probably got like i, I can just remember certain points in my walk where like oh i'd be like at like this is the nobody's baby now you know location for me in a way uh it's kind of odd but that's just like little things 
like that come to my mind. But um, I don't really have anything really more to say. So no, um, I I mean honestly, like I I I was kind of expecting you not to like uh, PJ Harvey. I thought maybe you might think it was okay. Um, but I mean I I I think there's some merit to it. I just you know it, it's it's more of like it's not something. I, I just I think the songwriting I just feel like is is a little stale. Yeah, so. and you know, from there I was gonna say like despite that I'm I'm glad you checked it out and I'm really glad even though I, I just have this nagging feeling I've listened to it before I'm really glad that I <laughs> I, I, I I checked out Let Love It because it's it's a really really it's just it's really great like I totally see why you you love it this much I, I now I understand why. You've been kind of bugging me to listen to Nick. Every time I say, I gotta listen to Nick Cave, you're like, Have you ever listened to Nick Cave? Um, yeah. Hey, have you ever watched a David Lynch film? <laughs> you know what? Hey, hey, have you have you watched the David Lynch film that Nick Cave scored? <laughs> no, I haven't. That would you know, two birds, one stone. I should I should uh yeah. I should do that. Um, I, I that that doesn't exist. Too bad though. That that would be pretty cool. But speaking of uh, doing things that I, I do actually uh, on a weekly basis partake in, uh yeah. let's talk about albums of the week. And yes. Let's let's hear it, my friend. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. I, I so actually, I went to uh, Newbury Comics the other day for like the first time in, I mean, before COVID started. Actually, so it's been it's been over a year at least. Wow. Since I've been there, uh, I, I was actually out because I was getting my first uh, vaccine shot. Uh, so, but um, I ended up finding some stuff here, and I was gonna talk about that because I think it was what I I, I finally got a copy of my favorite things. If you can believe it, it oh, took me man, this long. I love that album so much. Yeah, great album. I just like I think every time I saw it, I was like, I was saying this to Dave when I was there. I was like, you know, just I always see this album and it's like six bucks, and I'm like, I don't want to pay this much money for my favorite things. Like it's such a stupid reason, <laughs> but I saw it for like four bucks now, and so I'm just like, there we go, there we go. And uh, I think it's that Horace Silver's uh, "Blowing the Blues Away," which is just a really nice like little hard bop mm-hmm. album. Uh, and then, interesting, uh, Frippin' Eno's uh, Evening Star, mm-hmm. uh, which is super interesting ambient music, kind of kind of ambient, I guess. Um, kind of like early Frippertronics type of thing. And I was going to talk about one of those, but I, they're all good. But today I was uh, driving over for a doctor's appointment, and uh, I had this particular album on. And this is an album that's always confused me. And when I drove back, I it kind of started clicking for me and it's um low by david bowie oh okay yeah so i i don't know if you know this but um so when trent reznor was making uh the downward spiral this was like one of the albums that he had on like serious rotation during it um i remember him i i think at one point he was quite saying it's just like this album is just like audible pain in a way Hmm. and that always interested me but I have never been able to hear it, at least on the first half of it, because it's just like a lot of it is just like kind of bright, not maybe not bright and cheery, but like, you know, that's David standard, like David Bowie fair in a way you got like those kind of glammy riffs going on. But then, but you know, but, but then you have that second half of, with like Morsawa and you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's just like this weird experimental semi ambient trip that Brian, Eno helped work on, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think part of this is just like I always felt like Heroes corrected sort of all the mistakes that Lowe had almost. So like it's probably it's still probably my favorite Bowie album out of out of like the Berlin trilogy. Though I, I actually, I've actually never listened to Lodger. Now that I think about it. Um, anyway, I, I'm I'm rambling um, because well, I don't know. But just listening to the lyrics more, I looked into them more, and uh, just God, it's. You can, you, I mean, Reznor got it right that you can really hear kind of like the sounds of someone struggling on this thing, um, and it it's just interesting <coughs> to sort of. I, I think maybe it's just because I'm sort of editorializing because I just that's kind of how I've been feeling as of late, and I think you know, but I I think it's 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 nice to be able to hear something that kind of speaks to you in that way, um. Yeah, like if you look at the the lyrics for "Sound of Vision," which is still probably my favorite track on the album, um, you know that the whole sound, like 
song sounds up and like bright and cheery, but if you look at the lyrics that they're kind of like foreboding in a way and kind of sad and dark and just kind of like mm-hmm. this, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, okay. Weird comparison, but our analogy, uh, do you remember it's that, that section in Watchmen in the, the graphic novel Watchmen, uh, where he, he does, he talks, you know, like, um, a man goes to see a doctor and he says he hasn't been able to smile for weeks. And oh, the doctor yeah. says, Go yeah. see Pagliacci the clown. He's like, I am tonight. Pagliacci the clown. But, but, but doctor, I am Pagliacci, yeah. you know. That, that, that's what it kind of feels like. It kind of feels like that, like, you know, behind the smile type of mentality. Um, Yeah, it's just a powerful album that I'm really glad I put on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Obviously, I'm a huge fan of uh, Black Star. I listened to the hell out of that um, when it first came out. I'm a Black um, Star. Unfortunately, I bought like a decent chunk of the rest of his catalog all at once. So I've listened to all of them. You know, kind of, kind of all of them a little bit, but none of them a lot. So I'm gonna take out low because I've. Uh, what album did I? Uh, oh, Station to Station. And, yeah. And, oh yeah. Which we, 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 we talked yeah, about yeah, earlier. Yeah, I was gonna say like. We talked about that, and I really enjoyed it. Like every time I put like deep listen to a Bowie album, I'm just I'm always super super impressed and super glad I did. Oh yeah, I just haven't done it, it for a while, so I'm gonna it took do... me a while. I mean, I see, I, I kind of did the same thing you did. I think I bought like Ziggy Stardust and Diamond Dogs and Aladdin Sane. Yeah, uh, and I just felt like I, I think maybe I just never really gave them the fair listen, mm-hmm. so I ended up selling them back. I really wish I still had them because like the, those, I mean. Well, I, I have Ziggy now, but Diamond Dogs and um, Aladdin Sane, I, I still don't have. But, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I have a it, number. It's worth of, listening to, though. Yeah. I have so many, so much of this stuff. I really do need to one of these days just take out uh, take out the CDs and I have and give them a listen. Um, yeah, oh, it, it, it's, it's so worth it. I mean, like, he's one of, like, he's one of those artists who I just, like, I admire the hell out of him. Even though, even like, even though, you know, not all of his work is, is always my favorite. Like, I've never listened to, like, something bad by him. But, I mean, to be fair, I, I've heard his 90s output was not very good. Um, but, you know, in any case, that's not really a point. It's just more like I, I've always admired sort of his, you know, vision as an artist and sort mm-hmm. of the way you know, is sort of his own creative process and how, like, you know, he, I just remember him once saying that just, like, you know the worst place to be in is in your creative comfort zone mm-hmm. like in in like he would he would say that i you know sort of like every phase of his career was kind of like a new wave or at least a new attempt for him to kind of get out of his comfort zone um and i just find that to be really really cool and yeah. that, like that's something i just personally admire um oh actually if if you have like a 10 minute like a free 10 minutes um he does a um he did a, a commencement address at berkeley uh that you can find on youtube and it, it's it's not very good uh he's mostly him just kind of rambling yeah. for for 10 minutes but yeah. he has really he's talking about when he met john lennon um and how they they would go out and i think somebody somebody went up to him and was like are you john lennon and he's like no but i wish i had his money or something like yeah. that and uh and and but was just like yeah, I, I like that line so you know when i was back in manhattan you know some years later uh, i could hear someone you know creeping up behind me and i heard you know the the someone say are you david bowie and i'm like and i just said no but i wish i had his money and and the voice said back no, you wish you had my money, and it was John Lennon. <laughs> That's funny. And I just, I just, he just seems like such a nice guy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm done rambling about David Bowie. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I, will, I, I will ramble because I, I have a, as always, sort of per usual, I have a story behind yeah. my pick. Uh, I actually. It. It's mainly just the the way that this album entered my collection that left a sour taste in my mouth. So uh, I'm just usually I like to lead up to it. I'm just going to say what it is. Uh, it's Brass by More Mother and Billy Woods. Um, okay. Obviously, Billy Woods is like a very Wait, is is that new? Well, because okay, I, so I, I thought that just came out. Well, I I will 
okay. join me on this journey. Um, you know, Billy right. Woods, very off kilter, you know, spoken word adjacent rapper. Um, really got into part him. He of, did, part of Arm and Hammer. Yeah, and um, he released an album called Dower Candy with uh, Blockhead, who does a lot of production for Aesop Rock. That's how I really got into him. Um, Wait, they, they, that's a collaboration with them? I, I always thought that that was... Um, Oh, you know, I, I'm thinking of a different Blockhead album. Never mind. Yeah, I, I don't know if Blockhead did every single beat, but I think he did the vast majority of the beats um, for that album. Um, and it took a little bit of getting used to because Billy Woods, his rapping style almost sounds a little bit off time. And I, I think it probably, like, technically it is. But, like, once you get used to it, it's just it's really interesting and unique. And More Mother, obviously, uh, she does some stuff on her own. Um, she's released a few. She released a, a interesting, like, punk collaboration called more jewelry uh i forget what the name of the the guy she collaborated with uh, and then ob- obviously of course she was in irreversible entanglements which is how i first got you know got a wind of what she was doing um so this is a really really cool album uh, all of the songs very like you know creepy off-kilter production uh, a lot of them have brass samples which makes sense obviously like kind of you know weird you know horn jazzy samples uh it's a really really cool album they complement each other really well i, I think that you know, if I were to pick two experimental rappers to collaborate, I think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, the reason it took me a while to, I mean, this came, officially came out December 18, 2020. When they first released it, the, the label Beck had, at Beckwood Studio um, that Billy Woods either runs or is you know strongly affiliated with, they said that they weren't planning on streaming it anytime soon. But you could like obviously buy it digitally or buy a CD, and I was like, well, you know, I feel like off the strength of their past work, I probably would enjoy this. So I bought the CD. It was a little bit more. I forget how much it was, but it was a little bit more than I usually like to pay for a new CD. Um, and then after I ordered it, they, I, I might have seen it before, but I, I noticed it after I ordered. It, they said that it would probably start shipping like early next year, like in 2021. Mm-hmm. So I actually just, I think I just got it like late March, and I didn't really start listening to it until this past week because of what happened next, which is maybe a week or two later, not only was it streaming on both More Mother and Billy Wood's Bandcamp pages, but it also was streaming on like streaming services, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and so I was just like, really? Like, I, I I mean, I don't, I honestly don't think I would have bought the album um, if, you know, I might have waited a little bit. I, I think it was, including shipping, it was like, well over 20 bucks just for this one cd and like obviously that's more than i would have seriously paid. yeah but i was just like I really, that's i really really that's insane yeah i really really want to hear this and uh i, I it's nuts yeah. i mean like i i've bought a cd from fucking like netherlands and it was cheaper than that yeah the cool thing though is, is that there's a uh i think there's i haven't read it yet but there's like a story like an actual like short story included like you know it has a lyrics production credits and whatnot but like there's a short story that one of them wrote or collaborated on that you you, you, know, you can read obviously that's it, it, i'm i think that's kind of cool I'm, I'm and there's some cool art to go along with it you know african masks and whatnot but yeah i just like so once i got in the mail i was like i felt kind of pissed i was like that really sucks like that yeah like it, you know but i put that aside and like you know, I, I did listen to it. I don't usually listen to music digitally, but I got a free digital copy because I bought it, you know, pre-ordered it. Um, listened to it in advance and really enjoyed it. But listening to it in the car, I, I was reminded all over again, just you know how how unique they both are and how they really play off each other really well. I wasn't sure if they it would it would contrast because uh, Arvin Hammer he raps with a guy named Lucid, who's a yeah. little bit more a, a, a little more lucid. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's a little bit more like a, you know, neither of them are like traditional rappers, so to speak, but they're he's a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more what you'd expect from a, a rapper. So it balances out, it balances out what Billy Woods is doing. But having more Mother and Billy Woods in the same record actually worked really well. It just, it kind of, it, it doubled down on a certain mindset that they, their, you know, solo material provides. So, yeah, like a little bit of an unfortunate roundabout way to get there, but I'm really, really glad I did because it's a it's a really really great album uh, also i'm this is the first year i waited till the end of the year to put together my list and i'm glad i did because in years past this would not this would not have made my top 50 um because uh it ended up going pretty low down just because i didn't have a lot of chance to listen to it but it made the cut because i waited until december 31st to uh to do it and that's 
that's kind of what waiting till the end is for because you know my my top 10 is pretty pretty much intact probably mm-hmm. to top 15 or 20 you know by by the time december rolls around there's, there's there isn't much that's going to overtake it typically because people i think people are just used to not releasing music then just because it feels like every year album of the year list drops sooner and sooner oh yeah <laughs> so i feel like people are just used to not dropping that december surprise um, De- December Surprise sounds like like a weird sex movie you'll find in Urban honestly, Dictionary. As soon as I said it, I'm like, that sounds pretty. Yeah. Is it where like someone dresses up as Santa and comes down to your your chimney to surprise you, <laughs> or or goes up your chimney? Right? Yeah, it goes, ooh, goes. Oh yeah, it goes down your chimney and then goes up your chimney. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is. It's not really yeah. a good place to end things, but I think it's time. Uh, it, it's it's the right thing to do. <laughs> well, thanks uh, as always for listening, and uh, we are we're both very. I mean, I don't know if I want to speak for you, but like I'm very excited for next week. I think it's going to yeah, be a very interesting. Too, but but it's a little bit different look, than what we've done before. Look sealed though. Yeah, so. a little bit different than what we've done before, and I think it's going to be really really cool. So yeah. stay tuned. Find out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.